Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Previously on Rabbit and Red Radio. And that's what matters. Uh, just being curious, what kind of dog do you have? I have nine rescue dogs. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, most people go, what? Did I hear? You know, it's like yeah, I have nine rescue dogs, and it's no, the, it's a handful. I, I definitely handful. One imagine. of them will get diarrhea. Oh. Yeah, and then one of them won't like the other, and then you know, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I had to let. And right one out. young uh, one, it won't stop crying. What's your dog? Well, I have a miniature dachshund. Oh my god! And I think I, one of mine has dachshund in it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, this one's and a male. I actually just got sorry. No, I was just no, I was just saying mine's a male, he's really aggressive for some reason. I don't know why, but Really? A yeah. dachshund usually isn't. Oh well this one likes to uh like really uh you know, show his teeth. It's it's he's crazy lately for some reason. Wow. <laughs> That's weird. Is he neutered or Oh yeah, we uh we got him fixed and all that, but he's still for That's whatever weird. reason. Oh. Uh oh. Well, Mike, That's yours is also yours is a rescue dog, is it not, Mike? Uh, no. We tried to get a rescue dog, but they um they didn't like the fact that if nobody was around during the day, we'd have to uh, crate him. So we were denied a rescue dog. Oh, well, if you dachshund rescue, if you go to the kill shelters, they'll have them. Yeah, that's, that's... where I got mine. Ah. And they don't, like, question you about all that. Whereas the others, like, they're very strict. Oh, yeah. We ended up like, going. I think a little bit overly. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's just some more dogs if you get home. because, you know, actually two of my dogs love their dens. You know, their crates. Right. They love them. Mm-hmm. They sleep in them all the time. You know, it's a safe spot, so... I don't know. Yeah, I actually just got a puppy, and that's why I was curious what uh, what kind of dog you have. Or dogs, I should say. Yeah. It's like it runs the gamut from a Rottweiler that was like five years old in the kill shelter to a, a Lab Rottie to uh, a Australian Shepherd to a another Australian Shepherd and an Australian Shepherd Husky. Uh, Stafford and a Visla Pitbull mix, and then a Dachshund wannabe Roddy mix. <laughs> and um, I know he just kept getting longer, and I'm like, what is this kind of dog? And then the other one is a looks like a very small, lean pit, like very small okay. for. You know, you know, and doesn't, you know, act like a pit or anything. Not that they're bad dogs, but they do have a high prey drive. Yeah. Because I've got one, and it's like, you got to watch it a little bit. Yeah, I just got a German Shepherd, and uh, she is very, Um, very active. (laughs) Oh, my God, that's so neat. 
I like German Shepherds. They're smart dogs. Oh, she is incredibly they intelligent. Really are. Uh, we've only we've only had her a couple days, and she she knows set, come, lay down. Uh, as soon as we come what? in from outside, she sets down. Yeah, it, she's incredibly intelligent. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's nice. Mine all attack me at once, and they have sharp claws, and it's like, <laughs> you know, like especially if I've been gone, it's like, oh, it's terrible. They go nuts. And now. Kids playing pranks, trick-or-treating, parking, getting high. I have the feeling that you're way off on this. You have the wrong feeling. Well, you're not doing very much to prove me wrong. What more do you need? Well, it's going to take more than fancy talk to keep me up all night crawling around these bushes. I, I, I watched him for 15 years, sitting in a room, staring at a wall, not seeing the wall, looking past the wall, looking at this night in humanly patient. Waiting for some secret, silent alarm to trigger him off. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. You can either ignore it or you can help me to stop it.
All right, so if you're ready. I'm always ready, yeah. Well, then. I'm on my knees waiting for that road's load. Welcome to Rabbit in Red Radio. Wow. You know, people As always, heard me say that. Wow. I am your host, John Rhodes, and with me, for some unknown reason, Regret- is Michael J. Regrettably, I'm sure, yes. Well, it, it's just because uh, uh, your replacement hasn't come in yet. Ah, you're still working on that, huh? Uh, well, I'm ordering a, uh, a, 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 well, it's going to be a surprise. Oh, nice. I like surprises, too. So. They, they are fun. How have you been, Michael? Well, uh, shit. I'm wondering if I should, if I should, if I should unload on this right off the bat. Even if we should talk about it on the air. Well, if I don't, you can tell me and we'll cut it out later. But, um. We don't cut uh, anything. I think that's pretty obvious. Exactly. See, the... Well, um, as as we know, um, Mr. Rhodes is a talented, talented writer in some circles. Some circles not. Some circles, yes, possibly. Um, and not only is he currently working on a, a, a polish of my Camp Out Nightmare film, which, yes... Um, I wouldn't call it a polish. This is almost a complete rewrite. Yeah, actually, I'm noticing that. Well, you referred to it as a polish before, and then after I read what you sent me, I'm like, yes, um, does not seem like a polish, uh, seems like more of a complete overhaul, which I enjoy. Yes. I, I, yes. I, I do enjoy. That, I think, is, is very good. And you also sent me um, a treatment, not even a treatment. I don't even know what the fuck you call it, because I was reading I, I would call like, it a synopsis. Okay, a synopsis, Okay. You sent me a synopsis of what would be a Halloween film that took place after Resurrection? Yes. And now, see, it takes place after Resurrection, so it acknowledges Halloween 1 through Resurrection. Right. So basically what you're doing is you're acknowledging that Resurrection happened while keeping... Four, five, and six in the mix as well. Yes. Which, that's different. Um, okay. So I read this. Well, before you get too into it, yes. allow me to elaborate. This okay. isn't just something that I was like, oh, I'm going to write this. No, uh, an actual listener of ours, uh, Avery, contacted me and he was talking quite a bit about Halloween in the upcoming film. Yes. And then he, he, he posed to me that he would be curious through that conversation, obviously, as to what my take on a new Halloween film would be. And that got me thinking, and after some time, I decided that I would at least put some hard thought into it and and write down a synopsis of what my take on a Halloween film would be. So this wasn't just some whimsical, I'm sitting there like, oh, I should write a Halloween film. No, it was was more, I felt it was almost like a challenge from Avery. So that's, that's where this came from really because I was reading it and it seemed really whimsical to me I was like wow I was like are you serious I could have written something better in like I think five minutes time um this wow um I was like 
You're upset because there's no Loomis character. Um, no, I, I think you were going the Loomis route. I just don't necessarily like the way that you got to the Loomis route. In my mind, there is no Loomis character, really. Mm, I think the, the return of Tommy Doyle uh, shows the, the pure uh, Loomis character there. Oh, no, because my take on Tommy is he's pretty much batshit at this point. He didn't seem batshit in your synopsis. He seemed Paul Ruddish from Halloween 6 film-like, yes. Right, so it would be that character that we saw in 6 right. after a further trauma and one that we don't see. So, yeah. Yeah, so that that that's definitely different. But I looked at this and I was like... Hmm. Hmm. I didn't know where to where to like what to think of it fully at first. I was like, "This is different." Um, do I enjoy it? Does it keep the film's canon? I, I I sure do. I thought it was you know brilliant in that right. I mean, if I from a fan's perspective, I would love to see that film. But from a studio perspective, um. Uh, like Blumhouse right now, they would not touch it. <laughs> well, here, let me let me counter that. Yes. Let me counter that because at no point would with this, yes. this could be considered, or at least my synopsis, could be considered a soft reboot because it, reading the synopsis, what I wanted to do and hammer home up front mm -hmm. was the history. Give us all the backstory and whatnot. And then we're just starting fresh. Well, then in that sense, it's a very soft reboot because, you know, obviously you're giving backstory on eight films here. So obviously it's more sequel than anything else at that point. It's a very, very, very soft. Uh, is definitely one you could go into and never have seen any of the other ones. Well, and that was that was my entire intent yeah well obviously because you know with the with the montages and the clips that you wrote in there obviously that would catch you know people up right i, I think for the most part um i mean i did think that i did in all honesty i really did enjoy it i think that if you did um expand upon it and make it into an actual uh you know script format you know that went beyond the synopsis if you wrote out actual scenes I would be interested to see where you would go and how you would, like, do the whole entire thing. But obviously, um, I don't see you doing that only because, you know, of the, the material and all that stuff, considering that it is a fan's perspective. Um, you know, unless Halloween 2018 totally and truly tanks, which I don't think that's going to happen. I like to, like you know, say that it won't happen. But uh, if it were to happen, then maybe you might want to approach uh, <clears throat> Jason Blum and be like, uh, I'm going to save your franchise. <laughs> well, here, here's here's the thing about the, the 2018 Halloween. It's not going to tank. Uh, that That's already a guarantee. It will probably take its opening weekend Okay. Um, past that is n there's no guarantee. Um, it could be an absolute sensation like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, 
or it could be a Friday the 13th where it rules the opening weekend and then just dies. I mean, Friday the 13th remake, I've, I've said it before. I went to see that on, you know, February 13th, 2009. I went in the afternoon, and then I went midnight on the 14th to see it. So twice in less than 24 hours. And I loved it both times I saw it in the theater. And then the Blu-ray came out uh, a few months later, and I popped it in, and I watched it, and I was like... I really don't understand what I liked about this movie. Because right now it's like just not good. I mean, I still like the intro. But as soon as it says Friday the 13th and the other shit starts, you can count me out. <laughs> um I don't I don't know. Uh I waited until it, it hit video. And I watched it, and I hated it the very first time I saw it. I I was just incredibly angry at it. You didn't go to the theater. Hmm. No, I I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't really big on the theater back then, mostly because I was extremely poor and was living the definition of paycheck to paycheck with help. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't an option back then. But, uh, yeah, I, I hated it from the moment I saw it. Um, I've, I've since seen it a couple times and I've grown to appreciate certain aspects and in all honesty, I would not mind visiting it again. I just haven't done so. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Actually, you, do you own that film or no, you don't? Uh, I don't own it on Blu-ray. I accidentally own it on uh, DVD. Ew. Okay. Well, even still, you have it in the in the inferior format, so I, I can't approve. But as towards me actually writing the Halloween uh, screenplay, yes. um, right now that's not my focus. Uh, my focus is actually on the Camp Out Nightmare script. As um, I concur. However, it... it I may use it as just a writer's tool if I get stuck or something like that. Instead of just walking away, maybe I'll actually start writing a little of the Halloween just as to keep me moving in the right direction, keep me creatively working. Right. So, because I, I, I know absolutely nothing will ever come of it. It's just an exercise, and that's why I will use it as such. Hmm. And I could enjoy that. Um, well, here's here's because Mike alluded to it, so I'll just ba basically give you guys a Cliff Notes version of the synopsis. The synopsis is, is that uh, uh, Smith's Grove Sanatorium has closed down. Kids go there to party and drink and do what kids do. Michael is living in the subtunnels of the hospital, which was established in six. Michael kills the kids, um, which incites uh, an online investigator to come basically to exploit it to make money off from his YouTube videos and shit like that which let's face facts people that happens all the time and uh, ends up running across Tommy Doyle and what better way to exploit it further than to interview him in the, the Myers house only to have Michael return and stalk and kill most of them and of course we would get the backstory of what happened after 6 that we never got to see we would get that and uh, we would also get an ongoing mystery throughout 
that may tie further into some of the the missing plot threads that have been weaved throughout around uh the identity of one of the characters so yeah don't uh don't give that away because uh you know this could get made someday so but that that's the general synopsis. the only thing that I would have done different not kill him uh no I would have um picked up from the morgue scene at the end of uh the stupid resurrection I I think it's I think it's best to just kind of separate yourself a little bit there. That way, it's more of a fresh start and not so directly tied to it. Mm-hmm. Instead of just being another pick right up continuation, this is this start would allow you to separate yourself enough that you can acknowledge the past, but just focus on the future. Yeah, but I, I still would like, you know, to... Because I still can't watch the end of uh, Resurrection when he... You know, when they unzip the bag and he opens... I haven't seen that yet. Uh, Michael. It's, uh, you know... It's just scary. I don't like it. Because, I mean, I, I don't know what happens. I She unzips the bag and the mask is like all burned and melted and shit and then you see his eye open yeah that's about it yeah that's I still haven't watched that part of it um but since we're we're talking this let's let's just get it out of the way uh for the entire month of October we have decided to dedicate it to Halloween not just the holiday but the franchise and I know there's so many people out there that do something like that but we're going to try and bring you guys a little bit something different, hopefully. Um, we're going to be pumping out... Uh, what are we looking at here, Michael? 12 shows? 13? Uh, uh, yeah, actually, it's going to be... What? You're going to get a mini-sode for the each of the 10... One for Resurrection and then the two zombies. And then there's going to be... Two additional Two episodes. additional. Yeah, two additional. And in the... What is it? Uh, two additional and the second... The last one is when we're going to cover the new one? Yeah. yeah. So we will actually be taking a look in kind of reviewing all of the Halloween films and uh, uh, we will be including the 2018 one obviously so mm. yeah Damn. should be fun I'm, I'm really I'm really looking forward to it actually mm, yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a big month it's gonna be a lot of work <laughs> it, it really is but I, I think it's gonna be worth it um, it's, it's gonna be nice to just kind of get back to the roots of the show and just really focus on some horror, you know? Well, I mean, I don't think I've ever done um, a Halloween retro, so to speak, so... You know, neither have I, because it's always just seemed too on the nose, you know? Sir? It's, it's just seemed too obvious, but what better way to really lead up and kick off Halloween... In all honesty, then to look at 
all of them. All 11 films. It's kind of weird that this is 11, isn't it? It just feels different. It's just... I'm still waiting for Friday the 13th. The 13th. You know, the 13th entry. We need that, man. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Ever. Oh, it'll happen at some point. It's not going to happen. <clears throat> I mean, unless unless they really are pushing for a 2020 40th anniversary thing. But I could, be, I could be dead by then, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I have no idea when it'll be, but we will get another one. Well, whether it'll be a, a throwback like Texas Chainsaw 3D that's trying to fit itself in or like I guess Halloween 2018 that's kind of retrofitting the past and shit like that or if we're just gonna get a whole new remake or what we'll get something I mean these characters have become just like the universal monsters they're they're infamous amongst the horror community they'll never die well I think like um, Halloween 2018 I think a new Friday should um, like ignore everything after six, and just pick up after six. That is a horrible idea. Or, if you really want to get to it, just pick up after Jason X. Oh God, no! Or continue from Jason X. Let's see. Here, here's here's the thing that we've kind of skirted Uber around. Jason, yes, Uber Jason. I, I hate nitpicking when it comes to filmmakers and franchises. I absolutely... You you love nitpicking when it comes to filmmakers and franchises. Yes, you do. The only, no. the only time you do not nitpick is with Marvel. If it's... No, no, no. No, here, what I'm, what I'm getting at is the fact that, you know, well, we're going to make a new Halloween that ties back to the past, but only the first one. We're going to ignore everything else. That I, I hate that. I hate that we're nitpicking to pick out what from a franchise we're going to acknowledge and shit like that. I, that that annoys me. I, I greatly dislike that. Mm -hmm. And that's why with the challenge Avery gave me was I would purposely go out of my way to acknowledge everything. Because right. everything is canon and it's so fucking disrespectful in my opinion to be like, eh, okay. fuck you guys and all that hard work you put in and the people that love those films, fuck you all. We're just focusing on this one. But I'm not see, saying but, Halloween in specific. I'm just saying for a filmmaker to do that, that is disrespectful in my opinion. Okay. So I, I just well, hate that nitpicking where we're going to, okay, part one's really good and part part two's pretty good, so we'll acknowledge them, but everything else, man, or part one's really good, so we're going to focus on that alone. I, I, I hate that. Okay, I really well, hold on a second here. I, I just have to, to dispute you for a second because you said that through your challenge, you tried to acknowledge everything, like one through eight with the Halloweens. Right. Um, so here's the thing. You really didn't, though, if you think about it, because you didn't mention any characters from H2O or Resurrection in the film. Now, if... Well, you... in the synopsis, but that that would be discussed. I mean, at no point is there, there any of them going to be a major character, no. But the, it well, would be you could discussed. Still have, you could still have Sarah from... Even though I hate the film, I know that she's... Sarah from Resurrection, you could have her in it. No, there's no point. It would serve no purpose. I mean, to acknowledge it is one thing. Right. But to just 
harken back, bring characters back just to bring them back to kill them or something, that that's pointless in my opinion. If it yeah, doesn't serve the story, there's no point. Right. Well, mm, you could make it serve the story because you're the author of the story. See how it, that works? It, to, to me, shoehorning in so many of those characters would not work. Uh, you don't really have to shoehorn them in. Just, you know, bring them in. You know, just have them be more victims. She could... You know what? She could be in the asylum, like, just roaming around crazy, and she could be one of the first kills. In, in all honesty, um, the whole point was the kids telling the backstory, we would get a lot of the backstory with flashbacks and whatnot, but mm-hmm. then having the guy be an investigator we would be able to have him discuss certain aspects like H2O and how that was believed to be a copycat, blah, blah, blah. And then the events that happened and get some footage from resurrection and possibly an interview clip or something of her, but we don't need the characters. We can still acknowledge them, but we do not need them. Hmm. I mean, I guess I could see your point there. As long as you're acknowledging it in some yeah, way. Yeah, the only one in the Halloween franchise I wouldn't acknowledge... Oh, jeez, let me hear this one, because I know what you're going to say. Is, ...is part three, because yeah, it actually itself removes itself from the universe. Yeah, but you could put it back into the universe. But the problem is, Mike, that when you actually watch the films... Mm-hmm. Halloween is playing in Halloween 3, so it has removed itself from that movie universe... Not really. You just have the silver shamrock masks in the background somewhere. That's all you gotta do. I mean, I could toss somebody a bone like that, but... I mean, really, besides a, a throwaway of, Oh, cool, the the master in the background, I, I wouldn't want to or... acknowledge it more. Because as, as stated, it's not part of the actual core universe. It's, have it has watch, separated itself. have somebody watch Halloween 3. Yeah. Or, See that would that would work. You could do that. Or what you could do is like in your greatest hits where you're having like flashbacks of kills, have the no. one where the kids watching the TV with the mask no. on and all the snakes and shit come out of the mask. Do that. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that. In all honesty, I actually kind of like the idea of the the somebody watching it on TV. And then maybe they could be like, "Turn it off. Turn the shit off." God, what a piece of shit. Click. Yeah, see, that's how you would write it. Uh, this is actually how I would write it. I know you. I would, would. have a character watch it, walk in as somebody's watching that and be like, ah, oh, what a piece of shit. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, well, no, I'm not joking. I, I would probably write I, it that I know, way. I know you would. I, I would initially, and then in a rewrite or a polish, I would correct it just because I know it would insult fans. I'm not a fan of that one. I'm sorry. It's not the worst Halloween film, but I'm not a fan of it. It isn't the worst one. And if you would say it's the worst one, the worst one is Resurrection. So. Nope, but we will get into all of that. Yeah, we can't get into that here because... Nope. No, no, no reason to spoil it. And who knows, upon reviewing... Opinions can change, so. Oh, I'm hoping that you that you rewatch it again, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is a big steaming pile of dog shit." Part three? No, 
I mean, the first time I barely stayed awake during it, it was so boring. See, and you weren't really into horror back, like back. I was in the day. always into horror. No, you, no, 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 no. You weren't like back in the days, like I was when I would rent, where there was only three Halloweens to rent. I wasn't alive then, Michael. Like before four even came out. Actually, and, I was alive, but I wasn't renting videotapes. Right. So, see, so you weren't, you didn't have the the thing where you had Halloween one, where it's in the house, Halloween two, where it's in the hospital, or Halloween three, where it's the masks. That's how I refer to each of them. Yeah, I I never watched Halloween three until what was that two years ago? Wow. I'd purposely avoided it because it didn't interest me, and. Wow. That may have been a little narrow-sighted of me, but upon revisiting it, I don't think it's a strong film. See, but, like I said, that's a two-year-old opinion. I have not gone back and revisited it. And I, I honestly, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to revisiting it for the review, and I'm going to purposely avoid as much of the information about it I can. I want to get, until then. I want to get Tom Atkins on this show. I had him on the Skeleton Crew, and I want to get him on this show. Because I want you to tell eighty-year-old Tom Atkins, or he, he might he might actually be eighty-one or eighty-two by now. I want you to tell Tom Atkins that you hate his film. I love so much of his work, but yeah, I don't think that one's a good film. Because he he had. Something. I'm not sure if we ever had him on. I would ever even bring that up. I, I don't think it would occur to me. Oh no, I would make sure you brought it. Night up. of the Creeps, you know. Good shit like that I would want to focus on and and not something like that. No, see, I would make sure you brought it up because, see, I talked during Linnea, so I can talk during Atkins. Uh, okay. And and I would, you know, be sure to tell, you know, him. I would probably just segue straight into The Fog. And, and I'd be like, no, 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 I think we need to explore this a little more. I would honestly want to know his true opinion of the film. If he thought it was a good film, you know, whatnot. Because I don't think it is a good film. But, as I said, I need to reflect upon that, so. You definitely do. Because I think, you know, you're a little older, a little wiser. I think maybe you could... I think that's part of the problem, is... I don't have any nostalgia for it. I never watched it when I was growing up or anything like that. So I'm watching it now, and I'm just kind of like, this is fucking stupid. Well, see, no, that that can't be the case. Because when I was younger, I thought that it was stupid, and I hated it. I didn't. You hated it because Michael Myers wasn't in it. Right. Well, as did most people. I didn't start appreciating it at all until I was older. Right. As a kid, I, I avoided it, and I didn't understand it because Michael wasn't in it. And that just didn't make sense to me. But now as an adult looking at it as its own kind of thing, which on principle alone, what they are trying to do, I love. I think that is the probably one of the most amazing ideas that they had. And if it would have worked Mm -hmm. to have an anthology film franchise where, you know, Halloween season of the witch and then you can have all these different offshoots, you know, of of Halloween, the parent company. Imagine, I love love that concept. Imagine if they would have done that, okay? And you wouldn't have had you wouldn't have heard of Michael Myers again. Let let's just pretend that Halloween three was it, eighty two that was it. There was let's say there was no more anthologies, no more that. Let's say Halloween three killed the franchise entirely. It's done. It's dead. 
Okay. There was no zombie because, you know, zombie at that point just didn't do it. So let's say there was Yeah, he Halloween. remade the blob instead. Right, right. Right. There w- okay, so there was not a Halloween movie until this year, this Halloween 2018. How do you think, do you think that that would be received differently? Um, I, I want to say so. Um, I don't know. Like, if that was the case, at least for me, I would honestly be more excited. Right. Well, yeah, um, because you, you haven't had a Halloween film by that point in over 30 years. Right, but here's part of that problem. Like, I think the horror community would be more excited, but I think the general public mm. would be less so. Because Halloween and Michael Myers, he, he's penetrated the zeitgeist. He he is an embodiment of the season, and people think of that. It, I mean, it's just out there. People that haven't even seen Halloween right. know all of that because of those films. Now, if, if we wipe the slate clean of those... And there's we wouldn't only have two. That. Well, no, you'd, yeah. have two, you'd have two films with Right, him right. It. But what I'm saying is, would he have the same cultural impact with just those two? See, I don't know. And I, I've, I gotta say... I don't think it would. I don't think it would. Mm, you know, I think, I think maybe. I think maybe. And I think... Well, I, here's, here's the thing, Mike. It, it would be like Return of the Living Dead. We got two of those in the 80s, and then we didn't get another one till the 90s. 93. Right. And then we got two imposters, and the, yeah, let's not even talk about that. But <laughs> I, I think it would be more like that, where some people know about it. I, I just think it would lose a lot of its impact if we wiped the slate clean of everything past three. Well, see, then I think if they were, you know, if they were to do that, then you would get... Um... The new film, I think, would probably end up being a direct sequel to two. I don't think they wiped two off the slate then. I I agree there. I don't think they would. Uh, I don't know how they would explain it. You know, so far as like him, you know, he didn't blow up, but he did, you know, get burned alive. So yeah, I don't he survived know. the fire. Right. It's easy. You show the explosion from a different angle. You see Loomis come out, smoldering. Then you see Michael stumble out on fire, and then you show, you know, people rushing in, putting out the fire, and, oh my god, this guy's still alive! It's it's easy enough to write, I mean. Kind of like how Halloween 4 was supposed to um, pick up. Yeah, where we'd actually see Loomis come out of the fire and then jump ahead to pick up. Yeah, I, I actually kind of wish they would have done that. Yeah, I think that, that that would have actually, you know, done better for 4. And I think, you know, it's a shame that they don't have that footage from 2, or that rumored footage from 2, where you see Loomis actually walking out of the hospital at the end of 2, and he's burning, and people are going to put him out, and you have Loomis going, like, let him burn, or something like that. It's a shame that we don't have that. But I heard a rumor that they did shoot something like that at some point, or maybe they well, didn't we'll, shoot it. But it well, was let, let, let's let's save all of that for later. And yeah, uh, we gave enough of a teaser, I think. <laughs> yeah, let, let's let's just take a little break, and uh, we'll come back with uh, our special guest Cody Corley, 
where we're going to talk about some pro wrestling and some Ash versus Evil Dead. So if that excites you, tune in. If not, thanks for listening, oh, and uh, God, that, that, see you later. That Dunkin' Donuts coffee is already... I told you not to drink through. so much. Calm. I, oh, God, I got You can't breathe. keep fucking pounding that shit like it's water, man. But it's so good. All right. We'll see you guys after the break. Or talk to you after the break, whatever. Rabbit and Red is. Rewind. No one gives a shit about that. They love it.
for Robin Red. We're retiring a clip? Yep. What do you mean? Uh, sometimes some things just have to be pulled, and that's what we're, uh, I have to do sometimes. Okay. Uh, sometimes, sometimes certain things do not work out. They don't work even, out. Even with, the, even with the best intention, they just, you know, they don't work out. Right. And sometimes you just have to, you have to say goodbye to it. Right. I'm not completely happy. Uh, I'm going to miss it. I really am. Right. Oh, oh, no. This? Oh, yes. Please retire War Machine. But that's not a clip. That's a song. But please retire it. Yes. That, no, no, dude, no, that, that actually makes my night. That really does. That might be retired. But put the clip in, in, in question. Can is, we have a 21-gun salute for it? This will no longer be played on Rabbit and Red. That that is now officially officially gone. Officially gone. That will be gone from the Rabbit Red archives. There will no longer be our interview music. Except when people go back and listen to this show or the show when it was originally played. Yes, yes, you're right. You, you got to give it like a 21-gun salute or anything to, to you know, kind of send it off or no? No, no, I'm just going to, I'm actually, tonight, uh, well, not probably tonight, but definitely tomorrow. Yes. I'm just going to do what I do best, outdo everybody else, and I'm going to write my own interview music song. Okay. Original. Very because good. Because that's what I do. That's that's and I, and, that's, I, and, I, and, I def, and I defy anybody to try to match it. Okay. I defy. Well, I defy. What God else? damn you! <laughs> I. And you know what? Don't, don't, and it's, you know, I don't think anybody's gonna get pissed that we play that clip again because yeah, it doesn't. Don't matter. worry, nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Harry. I love you, Harry. Love you so much. Any last words for you tonight, sir? Uh, just so everybody knows, and do not mute my mic, because I know you said you were going to do it earlier today. I was um, Okay. Well, today is the 14th anniversary of the VHS release of Halloween 6, so please, if uh, you have it, uh, give it a watch. You have like an hour, uh, uh, you have like 50 minutes left in the day, so I would technically, I would really recommend checking it out. So, uh, do they have to watch the VHS? I mean, because I'm recommending them, they have to watch the VHS. They can't. Yeah, I don't the have the v I don't have the VHS myself. Mm. So, see, I have the VHS because I'm a true fan. And uh, Tom Heinzinger has my uh, my DVD, so I'm going to be stuck with the uh, the Blu-ray. Which I shouldn't say stuck because it's the best transfer of the film. So, well, I hope Fat Tom has kept that in the case and has not. Uh, you should have that back. Yeah, I'm sure he hasn't. I'm sure it's probably all scratched and probably unwatchable at this point. That's upset. That's upset. Well, the movie is unwatchable, let alone the disquality. Well, we all know how I feel about that, and, you know, we've debated that enough. And yes, You we know have. why I feel the way I do, and I know why you feel the way you do, and Alex, I think, feels kind of the same way. Well, no, because I think Alex likes it more than you do. Well, you know what? Uh, it is a... It's, 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 it's nice that it's, it's been 14 years, and God, I, I feel really old. I'm not even 30 yet, and I feel old because I remember when I went up to my local video store back when they had video stores, and you can go up there and you rent the VHS, and you can. Uh, and of course, we know your story where you you reserve the VHS, 
And of course, that wasn't a problem. It came out. Well, before that, I called Blockbuster that whole summer. I called Blockbuster once or twice a week asking them when it was coming out. Oh, uh, they probably they probably hated you. I'm sure they, they did. You. All right, all right. Welcome to the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. Oh, Dave, Dave, hold what? the phone there, man. This isn't a show. It's a promo. Oh, sorry. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Wait, a, a porno? With just the three of us? Oh. Well, I guess I'm game if you guys are. No, no, no you idiot. A promo. Oh, promo. I, I knew that. I was just cracking wise. Okay, can we do this now? Ah, wait, looks like I lost my notes. What are we going to do? Of course, okay, look, I'll, I'll handle this. All right, everybody, I'm Christian. You may know me from TJF13, this guy over here. That's Dave Z. You may know him from Banana Laser, The Skeleton Crew, the ABCs of Hidden Horror. And this guy, this guy over here, that's Brandon. That's Brandon? That's it? That sucks, man. Yeah, what the hell's with that? There's nothing else you can say? No, not really. Well, he's quick with a joke. Or a light of your smoke. But there's some place that I'd rather be. Ah, who cares about us? Let's say something about the cast. Okay, cool. We're the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. We review, dissect, critique, and make fun of horror movies new and old. Sounds a little bit cliche, but I guess it's okay. Dave, why don't you tell them a little bit about some of our big shows, like the 40 Years of Horror, our Top 50 Slashers, even our classic format of pairing a new and an old movie together. Yeah, and how I have to edit like three, four-hour shows twice a month just because we watch and review so damn much. Yeah, and how we do feature-length reviews, shorter-length, round-robin reviews, top 20 topics, and a lot of fun interaction with listeners. That about covers it. All right, sounds good, guys. I knew we could do it. Tell the fine folks out there where to find us, Dave. Oh, yeah. Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast can be found on Horrorophilia.com, the Horrorophilia Network, LegionPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere that fine podcasts are heard. All right, that's a wrap. Now, guys, tell me, what's the deal with this uh, porno? Are you the caboose or the engine? Them's the jokes, folks. (laughs) Drums, please. Bring it back. Um, I don't. It's your job. If Do it. I can, <sighs> John, th- there, there's a, a a subtle puddle of um, liquid um, brown. Um... Oh shit! I don't care about your dog. Bring it back, man. It's it's puddling on the floor. I I'm gonna slip on it. I think walking out of the room even, and I'm carpeted. <laughs> Um, you're crazy. Oh, 
God, this does not feel good. I knew that third coffee today was a bad idea. Oh, Jesus Christ, it's not the dog, it's you, isn't it? Oh, God, it's that Duncan, that Duncan goodness running down my leg, dripping oh, out Jesus. of my asshole. Okay, so... And... Whoa, this is not very good. Okay. Oh, God. All right, welcome back. It's really starting to stink in here, and I... You guys, uh, nobody you know needed to hear that. Be, be, We're gonna cut you know all of what? that. Be be thankful that you're not on this end of the conversation, <sighs> because it is not fun, my friends. <sighs> it okay. is not fun. Just you go take care of that and join us when you can. I will. I, I love go, you guys. Go. I will be back as soon as I clean up the Brown River. Brown River. Jesus Christ. Uh, me and John will carry the show, as usual. Yeah. So, uh, joining us now, we have the one and only heel of Facebook himself, Cody Corley. Hey, everybody. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, you were such a hit, and I did promise you to come back and welched on that a tiny bit because other shit came up. But, of course, I'm a man somewhat of my word. And you are here. So, Cody, thank you so much for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I've been looking forward to this. Well, yeah, I, I haven't heard anything from you in quite a while. I mean, it's like you, you just dropped off the map. Uh, what happened, man? Just like we were talking about earlier before the show started, uh, it's because I got banned on Facebook yet again. <sighs> was it was it your 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 posts about thinking about the children and why no one thinks about the children anymore or was it your, your multiple pleads for the, the starving children in Africa I mean what one of well, your social activities was it that, that some asshole some fucking neo-nazi piece of shit banned you for uh, you know John you, you almost hit the nail on the baby head almost but it actually wasn't either one of those awesome gracious things that I'm a part of it was actually just one of those fucked up school shooting memes that I love to post on Facebook. And I don't know if someone got their little pissy pussy panties in a bunch about it and reported it, or if Facebook just put it down itself. But, yeah, I got banned. I'll be back here in a couple of days, probably before the end of May. I'll uh, be back, and uh, I've got some stuff set up for my return. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, another one of those school shooting memes. God forbid if uh, if Cody makes fun of the school shootings, you know, like like it's gonna hurt those motherfucker uh, kids any more than they've already been killed. You know what I mean? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lord forbid somebody laugh at a tragedy. Uh, is I know. Yeah, uh, you know, it is fucked up, but it's still funny. And you know, I did crack the joke about Mike masturbating to the school shootings earlier off the air, and that's because. I'm a sick fuck, and I have a dark sense of humor, and there's nothing fucking wrong with that. No, because you know what? There's a difference between joking about something in general that has nothing to do with our lives. Like, let's be honest about this, John. The school shootings have not had any impact on our lives. We, we only have a small emotional response to it, and then we move on. You know, we get reminded about it in the news, we get reminded about it in the media, the social media, like Facebook and Twitter and all that from time to time. But uh, largely, it has no impact on our lives. And I'm not really saying that because I think that we should overlook or not care about what's happening. 
However, I don't believe that making light of it has any more of a negative effect on those people's lives than what has already happened. So that is my way of thinking when it comes to the posts that I make on Facebook, the memes that I find elsewhere and I share, and um, just in general, my opinions and, and just all of it that goes with it. I'm not harassing the family members of these victims. I'm not bothering anybody from you know, Florida or Texas or any of these other places where these tragedies are happening. People that get pissed off are choosing to get pissed off. And, again, we live in 2018 now, and it is, it's a pussy society now. I mean, John, you're older than I am. You remember how it was in the fucking 80s, 90s, and even early 2000s. It wasn't a pussified society back then like it is now. Oh, my God, man. I had a three-wheeler and uh, no helmet. I, I mean, nobody gave a fuck about the children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember uh, growing up, and I, I uh, just uh, probably the first R-rated film I ever watched was uh, Rambo First Blood. And I remember back in the 80s, we had fucking action figures for Rambo. Right. Uh, really? What the fuck, people? Um, my parents gave so little of a fuck that uh, after that, I believe the first rated R film I watched was Friday the 13th. I mean, mm-hmm. that that is seriously not being concerned at all. That that's just setting back and like, eh, what's happening? What's gonna happen is gonna happen. And that's right. not me criticizing my parents. That's them allowing me to actually grow up to be somebody oh. instead of constantly hovering over me and kid gloving this and that and oh well let's right. let's let's pussify this. Let's let's make sure that this doesn't affect him and you know, you know what? I grew up and I knew what fucking gender I was. I knew what the the uh the penis dangling between my knees meant. <laughs> between your knees, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm I'm a little gifted. Not to brag. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and you shit like that I I, I don't know. I this, the society you know, now is fucked. It, it reminds me of, um, and I was too young to remember it as it was happening, but I remember hearing about it later on. It reminds me of back in the early 90s when, uh, you know, the ESRB was created. I don't know, you know how familiar you are with the video game ratings board and all that, but there was two games that was at the forefront of creating that, and that was uh, Night Trap and the original Mortal Kombat. And... <laughs> Oh, the, the 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 big argument was that you know oh the, this is affecting our youth and it's affecting the children and showing them violence on on the fucking screen and whatnot is going to cause them to shoot up schools and to do all this fucked up shit and guess what that hardly ever happened and I tell you what today I don't believe for a second that video games nor graphic movies nor fucked up Facebook posts are going to make people bad people in any way, shape, or form. Now, however, and I won't turn this into a political discussion or anything like that, however, I do believe big-time nationwide changes, such as a craptastic president, are somewhat to be responsible for angering and enraging people. And I think that, mixed together with some other factors that I can't think of off the top of my head right at the moment, is what's playing into a lot of the school shootings. Also, I do believe that the news and the media are just flat-out glorifying uh, the bad stuff and just shoving that down our throats instead of any of the good stuff. Right, because that's that's what sells. Yeah, exactly. 
And I have to admit it, I it's like looking at a car crash. Like you don't really want to see it, but you want to see it. You know, you're interested in seeing what happened. Right. So, I mean, and, you know, I don't um, I don't seek out like real life death videos and murder slaughtering and beheading videos. I don't seek that stuff out, but I have seen it before, and I can honestly tell you, like the visual of it, I can handle, but. Do I, I mean, after I watch it, it's like, ah, man, I should not, I, I do not want to see that stuff again. Because to me, I don't want to see that stuff. I can handle it visually, however, the moral aspect of it, and again, we all have our own lines and limits and whatnot, but that's mine. It's like, man, I really don't want to see anything real. Um, it kind of goes hand in hand with the fact, and I can't remember if I brought this up on the last episode that I was on, but uh, I try to avoid horror films that have real-life animal slaughter in it. And if I don't avoid that, then at the very least, I'll watch it one time, and I'll, move, and I'll just make a mental note of it in my head. It's like, okay, I'm not watching that one anymore. So um, movies like Cannibal, uh, Cannibal Holocaust, I don't watch uh, hardly that much because I know there's real animal slaughter in that movie. Is, Am I wrong about that, or is the animal? No, you're you're that? absolutely right. There's there's two real animal deaths in it, and it's a it's a fucking hard watch. Right, I can't watch it. Like, I mean, I can, but again, it puts me in a bad mood for a couple of hours, and it's something I don't need to go through again. I do remember that movie having some good stuff in it. I I haven't watched it since my late late teens, but uh, the one thing that stuck out in my memory <sighs> was that there was a couple of animal slaughter scenes. You know what I like better? I, I like Cannibal Ferox better than Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, and before any of the, the nerds out there correct me, I, I realized it right now. I stand corrected. It is actually three animal deaths and Cannibal Holocaust. Wow. Yeah. When I found out that that, that stuff was real, I sold my copy of that movie. Um, and it, the person that bought it was very happy to have it, and I was like, oh, here you go. And, that's, and, and they asked me to explain, like, why, because they knew I was a horror fan, and I told them, I said, I can't handle the animal slaughter in that in this movie, and uh, they said, okay, and they bought it for, for me, like, for 10 bucks, and I was like, hey, that's fine with me, I'll go buy myself some lunch. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, and I know our, our previous guest, uh, Linnea Quigley, would appreciate that, because she's such an animal lover. But, yeah. uh, uh, real quick, before we, we move on off this subject, I, I wanted to, to bring up real quick, because you, you mentioned uh, the video games and whatnot. I have to admit, um, well, well, two things, actually, around that whole discussion. Uh, for myself, it's a huge outlet to, to be able to come home and play a violent video game, whether it's wrestling or a zombie this or that. It's a huge outlet for me to take out frustration that build up in the work day or whatnot that way. Instead of beating some guy's ass in a parking lot because he's a fucktard and almost got us hurt, I can go home right. and play a video game and kill that guy multiple times, take out all my frustration, and go back fresh. I agree with you. Um, you know, I and I, I'm not going to dive too too much into it on the show, but in high school, being a physically disabled uh, boy and you know, the early 2000s to the mid-2000s, I, I did go through some situations where you could probably consider me being bullied. And, uh, you know, I've never worked a day in my life because of how disabled I am. But I, I know what it's like dealing with pieces of shit that you sometimes fantasize about, oh, if I could get away with beating him to death, you know, <laughs> and shit like that. And you're right. You know, you'd, I would come home from school and uh, just play these video games or watch these horror films, and it's like that... That's all I needed to relax me, you know. 
everyone has their own like medication to relax, so to speak. You know, the, the vast majority smokes pot. You know, some some people get you know drunk and drink too a little too much or whatever. I prefer. Uh, I personally am really against the idea of, of drinking. I think if one should be legal, then they both should be legal, and vice versa. And uh, I I I do believe that we as human beings we do sometimes have these fantasies about what if, like if someone pushes us over the edge, what if we could get away with harming them back? And yeah, I do believe video games and violent horror movies, I do believe that it helps us calm down. As crazy as that might sound, I think it's true. Now, me being in my early 30s now, I don't think about it that often. I just think that karma is going to be a bitch for those people. But yeah, <laughs> when you're in your late teens, early 20s, and some sometimes beyond, depending on your anger issues or whatnot, I know I have my fair share of anger issues. Again, being a disabled male in a society that largely really doesn't accept people like me, yes, I have my anger too from time to time. But um, it karma's a bitch for people, and... <laughs> Honestly, John, I just look around at all the dumbass acquaintances that I have, and I see the fact that they all had a bunch of burden babies too soon in their life, and uh, they're all fucking miserable now. And not to mention, oh, by the way, I hope some of you are listening to this right now. I, most of the women I know who have burden babies, they're cheating on their man. Oops, sorry, I fucking said it. And some of them are <laughs> even cheating on their man with me, actually, so that's fun. Hey, good for you. But... <laughs> Let's get on a little less happy of a subject. Um, I know Mike's going to be trying to edit this and probably masturbating furiously thinking about school shootings. So let's actually talk a little bit about pro wrestling because that's that's what we promised to talk about before. Yes. So where would you like to start? (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Let's let's just dive head into it. Head first into it, I should say. Um. What's kind of your thoughts on uh, the current state of WWE? Well, I'll tell you this. The, the, the hottest superstar right now, and I've been waiting for them to give him a fucking great push because he deserves it, is Seth freaking Rollins. I absolutely love what they're doing with him. I love that he's the Intercontinental Champion. I love his fucking entrance music with the burn it down and everyone screaming along with him. And I don't know how, if you keep up with the product week by week like I do, but they do. had him in a gauntlet match a couple of months ago. And, man, I think that's what kick-started this push. He was in the ring for, I think, 62 minutes. And, God damn, he, he's the new age Shawn Michaels, just in the sense of a workhorse. I don't mean, like, with the drug use and all the fucked-up <laughs> decisions that, he, that Shawn Michaels made outside of the business or whatever, but... uh as far as in-ring performance goes, uh, Seth Rollins, I think, is the modern-day uh, Shawn Michaels. Dolph Ziggler could have been the modern-day uh, Shawn Michaels. However, the company never got behind him. And for the longest time, that really made me bitter. It pissed me off. But I don't know. They got a good thing going with him right now and the Drew McIntyre thing. But, uh, yeah, that's where I would like to start uh, to you know, conversate about this is, is Seth Rollins. What do you think about his push so far? Do you like the fact that he's an Intercontinental Champion right now? And how far do you think they're going to take this? Uh, I agree with you. I, I, your comparison to Shawn Michaels with him, I think, is spot on. I think uh, the work that he's putting out right now is top-notch. Um, and 
yeah, I'm real happy that they put the IC belt on him because they don't really have a, a direction for him right now. And the fact that he is the top guy in the middle, it's really good. And honestly, I would love it if he kept this going to a pay-per-view and then faced off with Brock for the world title. I, I think, honestly, that's the way it should go. Yeah, that that would be a dream uh, angle. However, it, it, McMahon is probably not going to do that. Um, did you watch Backlash? I did not. No, I didn't get that opportunity, and I just haven't felt the desire to actually go back and watch well, it. I'll tell you what you do need to see. You do need to see uh, Rollins versus The Miz. It was the match that he... Uh, I No, I don't think... Wait, did he win it from... Yeah. I can't remember if he won it from The Miz that night or if he defended it. But he defended that it match, that night. Okay. Yeah. That was the only match that was a five-star match in that show. Because you're right, the rest of the show was piss poor. But, uh, yeah, if you have the network or if you know anyone that has the network, um, I know you ain't going to pirate the damn match because I would never do that. No. I wouldn't come on your show if I found out you guys pirated things, by the way. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, if you uh, get a chance, definitely watch Rollins versus The Miz. It is, it's worth the watch. Um, and you know what's funny, John, is the, what, the good stuff that we're saying about Seth Rollins and his matches lately, this is what we should be saying about... Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles, but they haven't done such a great job with that right now. Well, the problem is, is I, I think the story around that they're they're just shitting all over that, and I, they're they're trying to drag it out too long with with stupid concepts. Just let these two guys go in and fucking tear it down. Yeah, which is what we should have got at WrestleMania, but we didn't. Right. Right. Uh, Completely know, agree. I, I um. I love Shinsuke as a heel. You know, I love the whole no-speak-English thing that he's got going on. Oh, he's on. fucking and fantastic at it. Yeah, he's a great heel, but you know what? They they need to give him that belt. They need to give him the world championship. I, I, I love AJ as the champion. He does great as a babyface champion. But it is time, and I hate suggesting this because I don't usually suggest this in, in the WWE storyline at all, but uh, it's time to play a little hot potato with... Uh, the WWE Championship. Uh, you know, Styles has held on to it for a while. I think the only admirable superstar other than Styles that they can do hot potato with that championship is Nakamura, and they can they can stretch this out maybe to SummerSlam in August, if not even a little bit further. They but they gotta put that belt on Nakamura just for a little while for it to it, for it to mean something for the heel turn to mean something. I mean. Imagine this, John, uh, this great heel turn that they did at WrestleMania. And let's be honest, in today's WWE, there's a lot more of a slow burn heel turn. And then then they change their mind, they go back on it. Like, look what they're doing with Sasha Banks and Bayley right now. Pull the fucking trigger on that, for God's sake. (laughs) Do something. You know, it's turned into a fucking high school uh, fucking feud between them two. Anyway, I'm getting off track. But, you know, that's what they uh, they did the fast, uh, old-school, traditional version of a heel turn with Nakamura with having him hitting AJ in the dick. And uh, that was great. I popped for that at WrestleMania. And, um, but it's all going to be for nothing if they don't put that fucking belt on him very soon. So, I, I think if they... Honestly, I think they should have already put it on him. To be completely yeah. honest, they should have already... Because Maybe at this point, it's just... almost ruined already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's already been too long. 
and the last opportunity they got to do this is as a, is money in the bank here in uh, is it going to be in the end of May? Yeah, next Memorial Weekend, I believe. I, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, so they better fucking pull the trigger on that. They should have pulled the trigger on it in Jeddah, the, uh, yeah, the greatest Royal Rumble. They should have let it happen then. And even right. the fuck fans uh, were pissed off there that the that match should not have ended in a double count out or whatever the fuck it No, that, that's like, fucking oh. stupid. Yeah, so that's what they should do. That's my thoughts on that aspect of it. Um... I don't know what. What else? What, what's your opinion about other things in the state? Well, let me ask you the big question: What do you think about Roman Reigns? Oh fuck! You know, <laughs> I come on. I mean, d- d- turn him heel. I don't care how much. I don't care how much merchandise he's pushing. I don't give a fuck. Like w- w- the kids or blah blah this or make a wish that. I don't give a fuck. Turn the son of a bitch heel. I. I, you know what? If it's not Roman Reigns, the, the the wrestler that I have a problem with, I don't. And honestly, or and all honestly, like he is good on the mic. He's actually good at cutting a promo. It's just the material that they give him. It sucks. Right. That's what I feel. Right. I, he's gotten a really lot better say, in ring and on the mic. Huh? I said he's gotten a lot better in ring and on the mic. Oh yeah, he he's excelled big big time. And you know. If you if you ever take the crowd reaction out of some of his matches, his matches aren't bad at all. The only thing that he does in the ring that I can't fucking stand is those goddamn uh, corner in in the corner fucking clotheslines that he's the, that he does to people. That looks so fucking fake. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that that shit is that, that's the only thing I don't like. But I don't mind his version of the spear. I don't mind his uh, Superman punch and his drive-by drop kick on the outside. Like, all that stuff is decent. Yeah, I'm I'm good with all of it. Yeah, just fucking turn him heel. And yes, I get it. They turn him heel, and yes, there are going to be the guys that's going to fucking cheer for him. But you know what? Just let it happen. Look at at The Rock. They turned him heel. He got over because of his, his charisma and all that. And then he became a face. How hard would it be to do the exact same thing with Roman? I mean, think think about it this way. All right, so if they keep pushing Roman, and then all of a sudden he just snaps. Takes out everyone with a steel chair, spearing people left and right, and just storms out. You know, shows up the next week, does the exact same thing, and all of a sudden we have this loose cannon of ruthless Roman Reigns where he does anything he wants and, and is completely ruthless to win and get that victory. I, how cool would it be if, you know, Roman just walked down when the ref is talking to Brock's opponent, speared Brock, walked out, and Brock loses the title because of ruthless Roman Reigns. And, you know, you can have the commentators, what is wrong with this man? He's lost all hope, blah, blah, blah. You know, you could... Yeah. Yeah, you could really push this ruthless Roman Reigns. I I just like the way that flows. He does he does have what it would take to be a ruthless Reigns. He really does. Um, and it's funny you mention that because I was just thinking in the last couple of years, ever since 2015, the only times I've ever remembered the the the, the crowd cheering for him was when he was doing something very uh, very violent and very you know anti-establishment kind of thing. Um, but they, again, they're they're pussyfooting around it. 
You know, I remember, what was it, right before WrestleMania, they they started that little angle where they had Reigns go in the back stage, like the gorilla position, and he got in Vince's face. Like, that shit was good. But what'd they do with it after that? Nothing. 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 <laughs> like, oh my God. I um right now I'm watching I'm finishing up old school ECW on the network you know I'm I'm finishing towards that and then after that I'm gonna go back and watch uh 97 Raw is War and just all that stuff but that's the big difference you know back then when they started something they fucking finished it with storylines I mean and if they did have to squander it they would squander it in a very tight lipped kind of way like they, they would do it justice to end it real quick you know that type of thing but they they expect the crowd to not be uh to be made felt like they're being treated stupid but yet they just uh, they just swap storylines they just end things out of nowhere like come on with that shit that yeah, is to me biggest gripe with wwe to me it's it's just there's too many writers, there's too many producers, it needs simplified. And I think the performers actually need a say in their character. I do, too. They, now, hey, let me ask you this. Do you think they should bring back uh, Russo? <laughs> you know who Vince Russo is? No, they should not. Yes, <laughs> I know who Vince Russo is. <laughs> but uh, on a grander scale, before we r- move on past wrestling here... I have to ask, do you watch any of the other uh, shows out there? I do not anymore, and I'll tell you why. Um, from 2005 to 2014, when the network launched, I was a big TNA fan. I was a TNA fan actually all the way up until they let MVP come in and be, what was it, the GM of Impact Wrestling or whatever. And then Right, I, I remember that. I started. That was when I stopped watching because by that point, I think the network was already launched or it was about to launch, and I told myself like, you know what, I can't allow myself to get so burnt out on wrestling because then it'll get to the point where I won't like it no more. And I knew that when the network launched, I knew I was going to want to go back and watch a shit ton of the pay-per-views from the past and just all that. So yeah, unfortunately, um, starting in 2014, I stopped watching TNA. I did watch a few episodes of Lucha Underground, and I was just talking to my other friend about this, uh, Brian. I was talking to him about this yesterday. But, man, if I had known that Lucha Underground was going to stick around as long as it did and become as popular as it did, I might have stuck with that one. But I didn't. And, uh, yeah, so for the most part, I I watched just Raw, SmackDown, uh, 205 Live, and NXT. So I don't miss any of the WWE-produced in-ring product. But yeah, for right now, I don't uh, I don't watch anything else. I know that Austin Aries was uh, TNA's champion there for a little bit, but it's not called TNA anymore, right? Is it GW no, or is it just Impact now? It's Impact. Impact Wrestling. Okay, so they keep fucking changing it. I can't even keep up with that shit. Well, but you know, well, I'm not trying to say that I think that... Because uh, I, I know that if I was still watching Impact, I probably would be enjoying it, but... I just um I, I just don't want to go back to you know oversaturating more and more wrestling in in my night. You know, as it stands right now, I already I only have Thursday, Friday and Saturday nights to have like horror movie night. So you know, I watch wrestling, you know, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night and sometimes Sundays for pay-per-views. So I need a few nights for horror movies, you know. I need a few other nights for just something else other than wrestling. So if I watched Impact also, 
that would be Monday through Thursday, and sometimes Sunday through Thursday on pay-per-view. Which it, it's just too much for me. I just I can't keep up with it, you know, ever since the network launched. But, uh, yeah, the network's the greatest thing that ever happened to me as a wrestling <laughs> fan. It, it really is because, and, and, you know, just to explain this to people, my physical disability involves my hands being not as well-functioning as everyone else's. Um, so I can't handle VHSs and DVDs as well as uh, normal people can. So having the network where you, I can just pick up a remote and select an option, that's so much better. And that is, that I don't know, uh, the WWE Network, best thing that ever happened to me as a wrestling fan, bar none. Well, real quick before we move on, I, I have to say I have watched uh, the first two seasons of Lucha Underground. It is vastly different, and I honestly don't think you'd really get burned out just because it is so different from what WWE offers. Right, that's what I keep hearing. Uh, it is, uh, is it on Netflix? Uh, the first two seasons are, and I'm not sure when the third season is dropping, but it okay, is... So I uh, get somewhat caught up uh, on Netflix if, I'm, if I ever want to. Right, right, and it is vastly, vastly different. Not only just the style, but the way it's presented. It's almost like a soap opera with things happening behind the scenes, and it, it's right. very interesting way they do it. Um, I, past did that, watch, I did watch the first three episodes of Lucha Underground, like I said, and one of the matches that did stick out in my mind was the very first main event, which was... Uh, they were they were calling him Johnny Mundo or something like that, but it's yeah. you know, uh, yeah, him. <laughs> uh, the Tuesday Night Delight, as has he used to call himself, but him and Prince Puma, I believe, and now Prince Puma is uh, wrestling as Ricochet in NXT now, right? Right, right. Yeah. So and yeah, so you're right. Like Lucha Underground was incredibly different. Um, I, I don't know, man. I just didn't stick with it. I thought it was going to be like uh, Wrestling Society X. I think it was called. Oh. You remember that? Right, I remember that. MTV? That was an MTV thing, I believe, from the early 2000s. Yeah. And there was there was good stuff in there. I My friend was just, Brian was just telling me the other day about how uh, Tyler Black, which is Seth Rollins, he was in it, and Matt Seidel, which he was Evan Bourne in uh, WWE for a little while, they were in it, and, you know, there's a lot of familiar faces in it, but Wrestling Society X just did not catch on, and it was only for, uh, went on for one season, I believe. Yeah, but um, I really thought that Lucha Underground was going to go the way of, of Wrestling Society X in the sense that they would only produce twelve to sixteen episodes and then it'd be done and over with. But that's not well, the case. I, I think the the fact that they are actually uh, an offshoot of Triple uh, A out of Mexico is what really helps their longevity. So yeah. And the network, you know, um, the El Rey network is yeah. uh, so unique and different from, it's probably the closest thing that you could have to a grindhouse slash horror sci-fi network on, well, well, with Kung Fu and all that stuff on it, too. Right. It, it, it's a great network. It really um, is. Unfortunately, my uh, piece of shit cable company does not uh, offer it anymore for any of the cheaper packages, so I would have to fucking upgrade to the goddamn gold package or whatever for it, so... I don't even have the El Rey network right now because I ain't paying an extra $50 just for one extra channel. But, um, yeah, but before that switch happened, dude, I was watching the El Rey network. They, they had some good stuff on. They were premiering uh, Full Moon uh, movies on there. And I know, like, today in today's world, people don't think too highly of Full Moon entertainment. <laughs> but uh, back in the VHS days, 
man, you'd go there and you'd see demonic toys or puppet master on the shelf, and goddamn, your dick got hard. Castle freak. Yeah, castle freak. Yeah, my one of my favorite. Well, I liked blood dolls. I liked uh, sideshow. You know, I, there was a lot of old school uh, full moon movies that I really liked. I never got into uh, what was the vampire one. I can't remember what it's called. Bloodstone. Oh. I, I even want to say uh, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. I thought it was Bloodstone, it was called. I, maybe someone can correct us in the comments. But, uh, uh, yeah, like, man, I just remember, like, being in my early teens, going to the VHS section, and just, I wanted to, I wanted those full moon movies, you know? And then they had what was called Video Zone, the little featurette that they had at the end of each feature on the VHSs. And it's like, my God, that was fucking great shit. But you know well, what, John? Before we get off the subject of wrestling, I want to make a little suggestion to you and to our listeners. Um, go on the network, check out uh, ECW Heat Wave 98. And the reason I say that is because the Dudley Boys have one of the most brutal fucking promos on the mic that you could ever imagine. If, if people have not seen that already, Heat Wave 98... It's fucking amazingly brutal, and it goes over the top. Like, it's one of those things that might have gone too far, if, if you want me to be completely honest. Uh, Bubba Ray on the mic is a fucking savage. Yeah. Oh, man. If, if Seriously, like when we're done with our episode today, fucking Heat Wave 98, go find it. It's uh, If you don't remember it already, like, that shit went far. Oh, my God. And, and, oh, boy. Oh, Jesus Christ, he's back. Um... Just just for your your own piece right there, Cody, and everyone else that hasn't checked it out yet, uh, the hype of New Japan is actually real. I've been watching it for about two months now, and uh, quality of match far superior to WWE. You know what? I believe it because I was talked into watching uh, Jericho and Kenny Omega, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I watched that match, and man, I... I'm not, I'm not going to say I was blown away by it, but it was great. And, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I I might, like, try to find an outlet for New Japan Pro Wrestling here pretty soon. Because uh, I believe the hype. They have some fantastic, fantastic matches. Like, in the last few months, they have probably all the best matches I've watched compared to WWE. Like, the only memorable WWE one that's competitive is that gauntlet match that you talked about. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I will definitely try to give that a chance. And here pretty soon I'm going to catch up a little bit on Lucha Underground on Netflix. I got I got a few things I got to get through before I get to that. I got to finish the Punisher series. Uh, oh, it's so good. It. Yeah, no, I believe that. I'm only about three or four episodes in, but uh, I'm getting into it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's giving me a half a pudge, and uh, <laughs> I like it. So. All anyway, right. what's John? So... Before we close this out, before we leave, and before we say goodbye to you, I think it, it, it's only right that we talk about Ash versus Evil Dead. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> well. And Mike, I guess you can go clean your uh, semen off your dog or whatever you're going to do because uh, you're a lazy fuck and haven't even bothered to watch any of this. Actually, well, I watched the first <clears throat> five episodes. <gasps> the so, first five episodes of season one? Uh, Get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, that's right. First five episodes of season one, so I have some catching up to do. Yeah, you do. Hey, Mike, I have a question. Have you ever had a girlfriend in your life? Um, I have. 
Um, I really really have, yes. Um, The first one was a born-again Christian, uh, five years older than me. Uh, Uh, She considered that penance? That was that was a nightmare because the five and a half years that we were together, we only had sex five times, and um, each time that was her yearly punishment. No, instead of flogging was, no, herself, she thing. just had sex with Mike. Here's the thing: it was less. It was less than yearly, um, and she uh, every time she went out and she bought a box of condoms, thinking that after we did it once, that she'd want to do it again and again and again. But uh, we only ended up doing it once because, like, right afterwards, she would throw the box away because she said that it was against God that we were having sex. So we could not have sex anymore. But then I guess when she got too horny and she couldn't take it, that's when she wanted, you know, to do it again. Like, you're not supposed to stick it in her butt the first night. No, 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 no. That was the second time, and that was an accident. Did uh, did you name your dog after her? (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, because uh, the the one that I had after her was like seven years younger than me, and that was the ideal oh. girlfriend right yep. there. Like, I was 26, going to be 27, and she had just turned um, 20, I believe. Uh, now, Mike, now I've gained some respect for you. Now, that, that's my kind of plan right there. <laughs> and and let me tell you, I did not manscape at the time. And boy, do I regret it, because I should have. But that, that girl, let me tell you, she went down to the jungle and she took that like a fucking champ. God, she, she went to the jungle and she enjoyed the fun and games, huh? Dude, afterwards she actually said yummy. And I was like, okay. Knew better How than drunk to go after the was MRDD she? Girls, right? Dude, what? <laughs> you you knew better than to go after the MRDD girls, right? Oh, I can't do them. No, no, no. <laughs> no, this this no this one this one was totally like just she was a free spirit. She was a vegetarian, so I'm sure that my jism was a lot. Um, Meteor than anything she's had in a while. I'm sorry. Did uh, you say see, mine? you should have you should have went with protein. She was just looking for a source of protein, but dude, that see, was, you, you killed the joke, man. Well, that was that yeah. was that was the one that um, when we did do it, and she was on top of me and I was bareback, and she was like saying to me, she's like, she's like, come on, she's like, she's like, just let it go, let it go, let it go, and I'm thinking, I don't want little Michael J's running around. So well, let's and, face facts. Would they be running, Michael? Well, yeah, you're probably right. They wouldn't be running very well at all. But uh, hobbling mutant <laughs> children, whatever the fuck they may be. There you go. There I you didn't. Go. I didn't want it. So luckily, like she got off just in time. But you know what? In hindsight, I should have just dropped it right inside. Really, <laughs> I, I really should have. But I did. Well, that, that was interesting. Yeah. Hey, back to the subject of absolutely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to let you gentlemen talk about that because I don't want to be spoiled because I haven't watched it yet. So. Oh, okay. I so, will allow anyway, you to do that. All right. Yeah, thank yes. you. Um. <laughs> God damn. Where do we start with this? Uh Overall impression. Uh, like uh, all three seasons together. Yeah. Like all just, of it. All, all of it. 
overall, I thought it was a great show. I I have my minor complaints about season three, um, but my minor complaints about season three, they made up for it in other aspects that they didn't make up for in seasons one and two. I will say that I do think that um, with every season, you know, one, two, and three, they did learn from the season beforehand. However, and maybe I just think this just because season two was so over the top with the the, 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 the violence and the gore and just and just all that. Maybe it was because that was so over the top on season two that maybe they just couldn't top that in a lot of ways for season three. So I did feel, and this is my just just my opinion. I do feel that season three lacked a little bit with uh, with the blood and the gore, um, but not to the point where you could say that it was bad. You know, they definitely had some good stuff. Um, you know, the sperm bank scene was really oh memorable. my god. However, that wasn't as over the top as the morgue scene from season two. Um, and I, I, I want to bring up this, too, because I'm not sure if everyone that'd be listening to this right now would know about this, but did you know that they uh, changed showrunners for the show yes. after season two? Yeah, and yeah. it was actually the dispute over the ending of, of season two. Right. Now, I will tell you, I... I'm glad that they didn't, because what I heard, the rumor was, oh. was that uh, the, the original showrunner, he wanted Kelly to end up being uh, Ash's daughter, and come on, like, no fucking way, I'm glad that they did not do that. No, I could have um, gone with that. Yeah, I mean, it could have been interesting, you know, I, it may be, but just the fact that, like, in the beginning, he was flirtatious with her, and that was the origination of the whole filthy but fine line that they used throughout the entire series, and then the fact that her father was in the second episode, and they would have had to explain all that, or just leave it as a loose end, I don't know. Just, I don't know, like, I'm okay. kind of person... Let me, let me just pose this to you. How funny would it have been for season three for Astra to realize this girl that he's been hitting on, flirting with, and trying to sleep with is actually his daughter. And, you know, the guy could easily be explained. He just hooked up with the woman, and the woman just told him that, or they just told the girl that he was the father. I mean, how many times does that happen? Yeah, that's true. Hey, little side note here. Um, Did you guys know that uh, Dana DeLorenzo, who plays Kelly, she's actually from Youngstown, Ohio. (laughs) Really? Yeah, yeah. I have a couple of friends that claim that they've met her before, but, you know, who, who fucking knows? Um, just like Alexa Bliss from WWE, Alexa Bliss is from Ohio, and I've had a couple of people say that they knew a guy that fucking supposedly banged her. But, suppo- again, who fucking knows? Yeah. But, um, you know, that concept of Kelly being Ash's daughter, it's one of those things that they could have fucked up, but you're right, they could have made it into something funny and something really great. I will tell you that I feel that Brandy, Ash's daughter, you know, that they did choose for season three, I thought she did an amazing job. You know, I wasn't sold on her on the first two or three episodes or so, but um, after a while, I started to really like her. And I, I could, like, she's, I, I feel like she is a part of the Evil Dead universe now, like, if they were to have continued on. Um, you know, uh, throughout the three seasons, like I said, for the most part, the gore effects were on point. Uh, the, the humor was on point in most episodes. The action was over-the-top amazing. Uh, the character development was good enough. 
I thought that we in season two we did not get enough Kelly and Pablo. And I mean that as in like their little love dynamic thing that right. we knew they were going to eventually get to. Uh, but we didn't actually get to the series finale. Um, so, I, again, each season I have my little tiny grapes with, but overall I I love the show, and it's a goddamn shame that they ended it on such a huge hype-up and cliffhanger for season four that we'll supposedly never get unless a different network or company picks it up. Well, even if they do, Ash, or I'm sorry, Bruce Gamble has said he's done. It's yeah, it's over. It's that. the end, and the the actual production company in uh, New Zealand has held an auction and auctioned off all the props, everything. So, ah, uh, oh man, I didn't know about that. Then yeah, yeah. fuck it. it, it is done for then. Yeah, That's yeah, and, and it's a shame, but it is in Evil Dead fashion to end in that way. Right. You know, I, I do want to get this in before we move on. Is that uh. The series, the season finale of season three, which is now the series finale, um, I thought it was great up until Ash uh, almost died in that tank, and then the Knights of Samaria saved them. And you know, what they should have done is they should have shot an alternate ending, and then by the I, and again I don't know how any of this works, but I can imagine because they they had a little bit of a notice before Stars canceled officially. They had to have known before actually. Actually, from my understanding, was that there was heavily, or it was heavily talked about, and there was a lot of rumor. But when they were in production, uh, nothing was certain. So they wanted yeah. to end it in a way that could either be the season finale or the setup for the next. They wanted that ambiguity because there was no certainty that it was coming back or being canceled. Yeah, I mean. And I guess if you look at all the facts, I guess that that, that finale that we did get, it, it could, probably couldn't have been better. Um, I loved it. You know, I, I love that huge monster that he had to fight at the end. I love I, I like the little WWE and Kane reference that they did at the end yeah. of the series finale. <laughs> like, that was fucking great. And, and then, oh, my God, my favorite moment of that whole finale at the end of the season three was um, when he got all of them in the back of the truck and he said his goodbyes to them. I'm, I'm, right. I'm not afraid to admit, I'm not afraid to admit, I fucking started crying at that part. I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to have to see my childhood and adulthood hero die at the end of this episode. Like that's, I thought for sure that's what they were going to do. And I tell you, if that's what they would have went with, that would have been a great finale. That you know, he he. That was a great proper goodbye to all of them from him, and well, I feel like at the end of that, when he killed that demon, when it faded to black, I feel that there. I wish that there was an alternate ending to where it just kind of showed him slowly dying, and then maybe showed something, one more thing with Pablo and Kelly and Brandy, and then that's how I would have ended it if we all knew in time that it was going to be the end. Well, Cody, let me pose this to you. And and I agree wholeheartedly. The the goodbyes was heartfelt, touching, and, and made me tear up. And the fact that through all the Evil Dead universe, Ash has always kind of struggled to be the hero. And right here, he had that option to leave with everyone else, but he chose at that moment to really fulfill his role as the chosen one to be the hero, and, and that was great. But here's what I'm posing to you. What if he did die? And that was Ash's afterlife. 
what we see afterwards. I mean, this is just speculation, obviously, but what if we take it that way that he actually did die, and this is just Ash's afterlife? Uh, you know what? If they That's interesting. I never thought about it like that. If they went that route, then they actually could continue on with the Evil Dead storyline, but with just Kelly, Pablo, and Brandy. And then they, you're right. They could explain somehow that Ash is dead and that that was somehow just his own little dream that he would that he had um yeah. it could make enough sense yeah, yeah he like, wakes actually, up with a like, sexy robot lady huh <laughs> i i said yeah what what kind of afterlife would ash want he wakes up with a sexy robot lady and you know he's he's still got the the classic the vista cruiser and now it's you know all mad maxed up and he's gonna kick some fucking ass yeah that way yeah like if it would have been like that you know what if they would have had a little scene in between there that did show him die, but then showed that at the end, I still would have been okay with that because that pre- that shows that he actually died and that he, you know, he died dreaming about what he's been doing all of his life anyway. So yeah, that uh, that's a great idea. That you know, that's you know, if they would have done that, that would have been great. And, you know, then maybe they should go with that if for some reason they ever pick it back up in the future. But then again, I really. It really just gets my nerd juices flowing to think that future Ash, just post-apocalyptic. I I love that concept. I I just I that gets me giddy. Like mm-hmm. I know we're never going to see it, but just yeah. that concept gets me giddy. And I'm sure we talked about this in private before, and then we <clears throat> we ribbed on each other a little bit before the end of the last episode, but. And that's one of the things that you prefer over in the in the director's cut of Army of Darkness is that post-apocalyptic ending versus the S-Mart ending, right? You like actually, that. no. I actually oh. prefer the S-Mart. Oh, okay. See, I do too, obviously. It was, that S-Mart ending is a great ending to, to that movie. But, that, that is um, the, that's the only part of the director's cut I don't like. And here's, here's what I actually wished happened. And, and I have yet to do it because I'm a lazy fuck, but I would love to actually just edit the movie myself and I would love to to do the setup with the director's cut where he goes and he takes the potion and then he passes out and we see the pass uh, the passage of time and it fades to black I would love to go straight to the the S-Mart scene and then hard cut as soon as he kisses the lady to him gasping for air waking up in the cave just realizing that was a dream you know what's funny about that? I and I could be wrong about this, but uh, I could have sworn that I heard that there was either a bootleg copy floating around in the UK somewhere or somewhere else in the world where that is almost to a T what you just explained how that ending is, where <clears throat> somehow both of those endings are included in a certain version. I mean, I've never heard that. There is there's probably five or six different versions of Army of Darkness oh, altogether yeah. throughout the yeah. entire world. You know that's not even including the TV cut and and whatever other network that cut it, cut it its own way. But um, yeah, that's a great idea too. That way that both the endings are there. You know, my only two big gripes with the director's cut is some of the uh, classic dialogue being gone and that that ending that I just don't like. Um, I have ever since Scream Factory came out with that collector's edition of Army of Darkness. 
I've gained a huge amount of respect for the director's cut. Like I said, it still isn't my preferred version, but I do like it a lot. And if we were talking about <clears throat> just transfers of the film and how the transfers look, I actually do love the transfer of the director's cut on the Screen Factory edition. So, I don't know, sometimes I will watch that version if I'm watching it alone, but if I'm watching it with friends, I always introduce them to the theatrical version first. Um, it so, it yeah. does seem like the better version to introduce people to, but I, I don't know. There's just something about the director's cut that I, I absolutely love. Did you see the director's cut first? No, no. Now, actually, the first time I ever saw Army of Darkness was actually on uh, Sci-Fi. Oh, really? Yeah. I um the first time I ever watched Army of Darkness was in 2006 on Encore. Wow. I I seen it listed and I was like, you know what? I'm at that point in my life, I was so burnt out on watching nothing but blood and guts and just, you know, hardcore stuff like that, that I knew what Army of Darkness was all about. I knew it was a much more classier film uh, <clears throat> that had all the elements in it that I would want from a horror movie, but just, you know, a lot classier and, you know, whatever. So when I watched it, I loved it the first time I saw it. I, I was in such a good mood when it ended you know, it, it wasn't a depressing movie. It wasn't sad. It wasn't dreadful. It was just fun and action-packed and humorous. And, uh, yeah, like, I, I was 19 years old when I first watched uh, Army of Darkness for the first time in 06. But, yeah, I've probably also seen bits and pieces of it on, on sci-fi, but I just never paid much attention. Um, I don't know. It's I, Again, I don't know if it was the time period that I watched it in or what, but... It was it, right then and there. It's like, man, I, that was one of the best movies I've ever seen, and just it always stuck with me as as my most favorite movie ever. So that's what when you say that you prefer the director's cut over the theatrical, I just didn't know if that meant that you've seen the director's cut first. I don't know. No, I, I've I've honestly seen the film so many times that I, I think the director's cut is just a fuller story and flushes everything out a little bit better. I, I honestly, there there was a point in time in my life where I watched it every single night. That was just my routine. I'd get home from work, make popcorn, and I didn't even have to put it in. I would just turn on the DVD player, and Army of Darkness would start. How old I, were you when, when you were doing that? Oh, God, I was probably like 22, maybe, something like that. And <laughs> well, I used yeah, to do that's, that's how popular I was, laying on my couch, eating popcorn, saying the lines along with Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my face. I, I used to uh, do that with Freddy vs. Jason all the time back when I was still in high school. Because back in 03 or 04, I loved that movie so fucking much that that I that's what I did. I watched If I didn't watch the whole movie every night, I was at least watching the death scenes and the fight scenes between Freddy and Jason <laughs> almost every night. And it got on my friend's fucking nerves. Like, it... it it got under there so bad. They would call me up and be like, oh, hey, what are you doing? Wait, let me guess. You're watching Freddy vs. Jason again, aren't you? And like, yes. <laughs> it's a good movie. You know, I'm not even going to lie. I still like it. I will tell you this. Um, Freddy vs. Jason, I probably have more respect for that movie now because not only as a horror fan, but as a wrestling fan because Freddy vs. Jason is just one gigantic wrestling angle. Right. It, it is. It starts as a feud. And it, 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 it ends in a big fight, you know? And that's, that's what I love about it. It's just one gigantic wrestling angle. So I, I have a, a huge, tremendous amount of respect for Freddy vs. Jason. I think it's a great movie. Um, before I seen Army of Darkness, I actually considered Freddy vs. Jason to be one of my favorites. 
You know, I think to me, you know, go the original Ghostbusters, Army of Darkness, Freddy vs. Jason, probably my top three, and no specific order. It just depends on probably, like, what mood and what time period I'm in, you know, whatnot. Although I, most of the time it really is Army of Darkness. That's uh, one of my favorites, probably my most favorite. Um, you know, and you got your couple others that I grew up with that I still love. Like, uh, I love the original Mortal Kombat movie. <clears throat> you know, we, we talked about the video games earlier, but... The, the first movie is amazing. I could watch that movie probably a couple of times a month and never get bored with it, even though the special effects are outdated. You know, so there's, and then, you know, you got the original Beverly Hills Cop, which that's not horror or anything at all, but that's just another one of those movies. The first two, actually, Beverly Hills Cop movies, those two are great movies, too. I so, agree. you know what I mean? You have these movies that you cherish so good in your heart, and to, to you, it's like, these movies are still great, but then, like, in today's world, you try to show your friends this shit that they've never seen before, and they're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, you, I, just a minute, you consider, you think to yourself, like, do I even want to be friends with you anymore after, after today? <laughs> that, that's 100% true. But, uh, case in point for you, um, I just watched The Gate 2 today, and I have not seen that in so long, but... I remember seeing it as a kid, and I fucking loved that movie. And and the fact that Screen Factory put it out, and I was able to to watch it again. Oh. Now the the gate. I I don't think I've ever seen part two. Uh, there, I the first one. It was about those kids, right? That accidentally opened up that portal to hell or something like right, that. Right. Right. They accidentally yeah. play the the rock record backwards. After burying their dog and blah blah blah, and yeah, they open a gate to hell in that, their house during a sleepover. Yeah, that the fucking, gate, the original the gate, that right. was a great movie. Right, great, great fucking premise, great movie all around. The gate two picks up, what is it, like five years later, six years later, and it follows one of the kids, and you know he's you know a teenager now. I think he's all uh, right around a senior in high school. And, you know, he, he his dad's an alcoholic, and, and life's just kind of shit. And he's become obsessed with the occult. Kind of understandable, because he accidentally opened a portal to hell. And uh, decides to open it again with more knowledge now, but to better his life and his family's life. Right. Uh, is it the same actor? I want to say. Hmm. I'm going to have to check into the gate, too, because I I actually, I must have missed Scream Factory's uh, listing for it, because I usually do pay attention to everything that they release, but uh, I actually did not even know there's a gate, too. Yeah, it's not as well received, because in, in typical sequel fashion, you have to go bigger, except mm-hmm. the budget went smaller, so... Have you it, ever it's... seen uh, Have you ever seen House? It's from the 80s. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So, like, I love House, the first one. It's a great fucking movie from beginning to end. But for me, House 2 falls short quite a bit because it's very oh, different. I love House 2. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> no, House 2 has some good stuff in it, but should it have been House 2 or should it have been a different movie? Uh, I think a different movie would, would have made it a little bit better because there's really no connection or anything. And hey. it's just that goofy fucking cheesy style that it has that that's what grabs me for house two i mean fucking yeah. cat or puppy man 
Oh, I mean, I had fun with it. Like, it was definitely a decent movie. But, like you said, like, um, with the sequels, everyone really is, cons- uh, you know, they want it to go bigger, better, and all that stuff, but they want it to still have that nostalgia of, like, the first one. And when you don't get all three of those components that people want for a sequel, people are disappointed sometimes. And I think when I went into House 2, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, okay, like, what is this? This is yeah. House. What i seen, I loved so much about the first one. And, you know, this might be a little off topic, just a tiny bit, but, you know, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, that movie felt like it was a bigger, better extension extension uh, of the first Hellraiser movie, so it was a great sequel. Um, right, right, and, just like uh, just like Terminator 2. Yeah, and other than that, there's no relation from the house franchise to the Hellraiser, but that's the thing, like, you know, when you have a sequel, and you know, it's funny because that's, I think that's what a lot of people disliked initially about Army of Darkness, is because it did not feel like Evil Dead 1 or 2. But then again, Evil Dead 2 didn't feel quite like Evil the, the Evil Dead either. So Right, you know each I mean? one it's is... It's all is up a... to what these people, the directors, the producers, it's all up to what they want to try, and if right. the fans bite or not. Right, I completely agree. And, you know, each of the Evil Dead is kind of their own thing. And one, I, I will, I have to admit it, one thing that pisses me off above all else is when people try and argue that Evil Dead 2 is a remake or they tried to remake the beginning or anything like that. God, that pisses me off. Or or when people are just like, how fucking stupid is Ash? She comes back to the same cabin. It's, oh my God, it's a fucking recap. They can't use the footage and, or anything too close to it. Fuck off, mm-hmm. people. God damn. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Um, I... <laughs> Boy, this might sound sacrilegious or whatever, but uh, actually, out of all of them, Evil Dead 2 is actually my least favorite. I, I, I agree. don't know why. I I don't know why. Like, I don't like the characters in Evil Dead 2. I, I like a lot of the stuff in Evil Dead 2, but overall, I don't like the pacing of it. I don't like the a lot of the characters. I, I love the original Evil Dead. The pacing of that movie is amazing. And it still holds up today with the intensity and, and making you uncomfortable and just everything that it, it that was supposed to do, it still does today, I think. Um, but for some reason, for me, Dead by Dawn, or whatever the subtitle is of Evil Dead 2, for some reason it just doesn't, it falls short for me. But I have to love it anyway because it did set up for Army of Darkness, so there you fucking go for anyone that's going to cry about that. <laughs> well, I, I completely agree. I know so many people that hold it as their favorite, and it's actually my least favorite as well. Because, yeah, there you go. yeah I, I don't know. But, all right, do you guys. Before I was we just change gonna... off this subject, I, I love the remake. And, and you know what? It, again, it might be sacrilege to say this, but the remake. I almost prefer the remake, uh, 2013 remake, over some, in a lot of ways, over the original. Oh. I love the remake. I know. I had to say something that got your panties in a twist just once, right? Mike, but, Mike, hang up now. We are done here. <laughs> God, I'm never coming back again, apparently. <laughs> um, no, I just, you know, the original, it is what it is. But, man, the remake, it, it was just fucking amazing. You gotta see the unrated version too, if, if people haven't seen that yet, because that's only on digital. But um, I don't know, man. I just everything about the remake I fucking loved, 
And I consider the remake, uh, besides the original, one of my favorite horror movies, if we're talking about straight horror movies. Because you know, uh, there's nothing funny about the remake, really. No, no, and, and I agree. I completely love it. It is not comparable, in my opinion, but that's because I, I have such admiration and nostalgia for the original. But um, I, I think it, it, it's fantastic. The only thing, in my opinion, that would have made it better is if they actually gave the Deadite some personality so they weren't so zombie-like. Because that was one of the most... You are right about that, and that was one of the complaints that I remember having and that I heard other people having was that not only did they not have any personality, but they didn't look like a good Deadite. They just you know, had different contacts in, and they they had a a palish skin tone. So you're right. They, They could have made those Deadites better. The look I can go with, but one of the things that has always stuck with me and scared the shit out of me was that the Deadites talked, and they just fucked with you. And Mm -hmm. and if they would have brought that in, I think this movie would have been a 10, no problem. It's just a masterpiece. And that that was the only thing that really, I was leaving the theater thinking, that's what's missing, and and that that's really it. Yeah. What do you rate uh, Evil Dead 2013? Ooh. Now, our, oh, fuck, man. I... I, I uh, give it an 8.5 out of 10. <sighs> uh, you know, because you're right. There, it definitely has some flaws. Um, as far as the Deadites not fucking with people, I do agree with that to an extent. However... Mia Deadite did have some classic lines, you know? Come down here so I can suck your cock, pretty boy. Yeah, yeah. I know know Michael J. jerked off to that scene. Come on. uh, That was a little too inviting. He likes it more violent, like a school shooting or... Oh, yeah. Or, or, you know, what what really gets Mike off is uh, Cosby. Man, he, he loves watching that trial and just fantasizing about the rape. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just putting himself in, in Bill's shoes. Putting in the pudding. Mm. Yeah, he, he he kept watching the trial, trying to figure out what pills Bill was giving the women so he could buy some. Yeah, so he could get himself another girlfriend, finally. <laughs> Mike's in his 40s, right? He hasn't had a girlfriend since his 20s? I believe so. Jesus Christ. Mike, well, I he has the dog. He has do. the dog. So. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. Hopefully he doesn't live in a state uh, in PA. Is it fucking illegal to fuck your dog in PA? Um, I know your uh, the consent age is sixteen, but I'm not sure consent with a dog. But I'm assuming that's illegal. So believe me, buddy, I know all about the legal consent age. <laughs> um, yeah, fucking, uh, it's not okay to fuck your dog, and um. Probably not okay to continuously research the legal consent age either. Like, I probably do a little too much. But, on another note, whatever, what's happening with Mike? Where is he? Is, is he off looking for women on MySpace or something? Like, what's he doing? I have no idea, and I don't really care. But God, he wasn't much of a co-host today. <laughs> I, I, I think this is a good point to just kind of leave it off with uh, your, your, your excellent advice that it's not okay to have sex with your dog or any yeah. other pets. Yeah, we should probably cut it off there. God knows yeah. what else one of us is going to say. The more <laughs> you know, people. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, 
John, we're just going to have to fire Mike, and I'll just help you host the, the show from now on. I don't know where the fuck he even went. He <laughs> came back for a second, then he left, and jeez, what the fuck? <laughs> he probably had the shits again. All right, Cody, thank you so much. Uh, I can't wait to have you back again because it's always so much fun. And yeah, back on. As always, people, stay spooky. Bye.
<gasps> that was horrible. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 